0: Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meter maid, nothing
1: can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. When I caught a glimpse. Of Rita, and tonight glimpse on the Rita Cosby Show. Some new protests definitely heating up in Staten Island, New York. And that is because that is where this migrant shelter that is literally 20 feet away from a grammar school. School is starting this week across America. Most of the public schools are underway and what do we have? We have a brand new shelter with mostly single adult men, placed 20 feet away from a grammar school. Are you kidding me? One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. The migrant crisis is just out of control, and boy, if there is ever a point to be able to say that this president has been derelict in his duty to protect the homeland. This is it. How could you not say that keeping an open border, inviting everybody in, saying, come on in, we're not going to vet you, we're not going to check you also, especially students. Those kids are not vaccinated, nor are the adults. For some reason, they get a pass by administration officials, whether it's on a federal level or whether it's on a New York level. And for all of those reasons, this is such a chaotic time in this country. And there doesn't seem to be any end in sight. As we are looking at now in Staten Island, New York, things are getting really, really heated because the emotions are just running so high. People are so frustrated. They are so concerned. They are so worried. They don't know where are we going to cover all this. Where are we going to cover this? Some of the new statistics talks about tens of millions of dollars being spent just alone on two migrant facilities. That's a staggering number. $10 million a month in New York City, at least. So if you look at all of those numbers and you put it all together, my goodness, how can New York or anywhere sustain it? They cannot. And this president has made a disaster out of all of it. Here is some of the sounds from the protests. This is what was going on last night. Because there, if you see it, there are people there are like grandmothers. There are people of all different ages that are there. And they're protesting and saying, we don't want this in our community. Not only are they concerned at the lack of vetting and the lack of checking, but they're also Deeply, deeply concerned about the health risks. They're concerned about what's happening to the neighborhood. Do you think that uh, brings up the income of the neighborhood and the value of the neighborhood? If suddenly they're putting out like a 100 latrines outside porta potties in your backyard, I'd say I'd be a little unhappy with this. And it comes also, as we're hearing, of this Venezuelan migrant. This guy who was arrested six times, assaulting... Two different police officers, and he started his crime spree the first day he arrived to New York. So he didn't even waste any time and even have 24 hours in New York City, and he started his crime spree. And again, it includes attacking police officers. Tonight, also, there's the manhunt underway in Pennsylvania. It's for a guy from Brazil. And that guy busted out of prison because he stabbed his girlfriend to death 38 times because she was about to report him for having a murder in Brazil that other people didn't know about. Are you seeing a pattern here? This is deeply, deeply concerning. And so residents are saying, you know what, maybe this isn't a good idea to have in my backyard. Check people, vet them. There are a lot of good people that are coming to this country because it's the greatest country in the world. But if we don't vet them and we don't screen them, this is lunacy. So here are some of the protests last night. They were blocking some of the buses. You see these buses with migrants coming in to get settled into this new facility. And suddenly all these people sort of surrounded the bus and were like, "Ah, ah, 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 you're not going any further. You're not going to get here. And the people, the migrants on the bus, you feel bad for them, but they are breaking the law by coming here illegally. And how crazy that for some reason they keep sending the buses. Wouldn't you say maybe this isn't a good idea to do, a, you know, to bring them to this location? Maybe this location just is kind of on to us. You know, maybe we should go somewhere else. Well, here is uh, some of the protesters. Take a listen as they were blocking one of the buses of migrants last night. Take a listen to this one. Chanting bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. And they did go, Bye bye. They turned around and were like, uh uh-uh, this is not necessarily a good community to be in. And again, I don't necessarily blame them. They're coming here because who wouldn't? Uh, they're hearing about all this opportunity. They're hearing about all the freebies. You know, it's like, hey, come on in. I don't blame them for coming. America's a great country. We just got to vet them, we got to screen them. And there are many people who say that once those screening processes take place, guess what? Usually it ends up being somewhere between, uh, this is being generous, 70 to or 80% get kicked out. Sometimes some people say it's about 95%. So do the math. That's 5% to 30% actually are here legitimately. The rest do not have real asylum claims. So, I mean, we're going through all of this. We're throwing them all in. Now communities are getting fed up. People are seeing them pop all over the place. And migrants are now getting placed in schools, too, because this week the public school system starts in New York City, and they have 20,000 new migrants in the schools. They have not been vaccinated. They have not been checked, according to all the different political leaders. And that is of great concern on so Many, many different levels. Here's a little bit more uh from one of the Staten Island grandmothers who was there last night in the blockade of the migrant bus. The legal- They are like, turn around, Manhattan is free hotel rooms. You are not welcome here. And Scott Lovato is one of the organizers of that Staten Island protest. Uh, You got to listen to my Protecting America podcast. I did one with him last week and he's one of the organizers out there. And he is like, we do not want it in our community. He calls it ground zero for the protest because everybody's watching. It is just so unconscionable. That they would set up this shelter right there, again, 20 feet from a migrant, you know, here it is. There's a migrant location. It's in an old Catholic school at St. John Villa. And again, 20 feet away is a grammar school, an active grammar school. That is insane. So everybody's watching to see what happens here. And I agree with Scott. I think in many ways it is ground zero. And that's why these grandmothers are protecting their turf. You don't anger a grandmother in Staten Island. You know, she says, turn around, turn around. And here is Nicole Malliotakis, Congresswoman Nicole Malliotakis. Earlier today, John Katzimatidis and I spoke with her on Katz and Cosby. And she said all the responsibility primarily rests with President Biden.
2: So it is a dangerous uh, situation that the president has created for us. And the mayor is just going to bankrupt the city if he continues doing what he's doing, which is misinterpreting the right to shelter law instead of the, telling the president to secure the border. And uh, let's increase number of visas to allow people to come in the proper way. Um, and and, and, and but we need to know who is coming in and out of the country because people are abusing the asylum system. And we know that because about half to three quarters of the people are, are – I should say half to two-thirds of the people who go to court have their claims denied. And this is
3: cut
1: 26 because Nicole Malliotakis further says that it is a disgrace to those who worked hard to come to this country and did it the correct way. And they're sitting there going, wait a minute. Why are these people getting these freebies? Why are regular New Yorkers and other Americans suddenly getting the uh, shoved to the back? And these migrants are getting moved quickly to the front at taxpayers' expense.
2: Take a listen. We want people to come the proper way to apply and we also feel that it is it is an insult to the immigrants who came the right way, never asked for anything. No one ever paid for their rent or their or their housing or, or, or education or anything. They simply asked for an opportunity and they followed the rules and respected our laws when they came to this country. And that's all we're asking is to continue being a generous nation and a welcoming nation, but just do so. So we know the proper way uh, that people are coming in, know who is coming in. And I think that is important uh, for national security. It's important for uh, sustainability to make sure that we can afford, uh, this is completely unsustainable. What's happening to tune of $12 billion.
1: It sure is. And now New York Republicans are demanding that the governor have an emergency legislative session to address the migrant crisis, saying we got to do something before it gets worse. I mean, this is just insane. There seems like there is no plan, and it seems like the goal is to have them stay here. So then eventually maybe they could be not just working, but could be potentially voting as well. Is that what this is all behind, that they're willing to absorb it all because they believe eventually those people will vote Democratic? That is a really, really uh, deceptive and sneaky thing. I want to play real quick Cut 24. Here is Nicole Malliotakis.
2: The work authorization, according to the law that Bill de Blasio passed with the help of Councilman Justin Brannon in Brooklyn and other members, um, right when he was leaving office, Bill de Blasio, he passed this law, and unfortunately what it does is it allows for non-citizens to vote if they have work authorization and are residing in New York City for 30 days. That means all these individuals that have come here and are residing in the city uh for thirty days will be allowed to register to vote. And so we are suing, as you know, to stop that law from taking effect. Myself and Borough President Vito Casella, the other
1: Republicans from Staten Island. Can you imagine? So in other words, if they are allowed to vote and work first, then they could potentially have a say in voting for municipal elections. That's like mayor, city council That is crazy. So could there be a real reason, and I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but wait a minute. They're not pushing to move them. They're moving them in the area but still want to keep them pretty much in New York City. They're pushing to get them to work, and now they're believing that maybe because of a law that was passed under the city council before when Bill de Blasio was here, that's still in effect that if you are a non-citizen, but legally here as a non-citizen, in other words, if you work, it could qualify for that, then they could vote. And guess who they would vote for? The person who allowed them to come in illegally into the country and also who they believe has kept them and given them all the freebies in New York City. You see where I'm going? one 800 8489 one 800 And we'll take your calls when we come back.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: And we are talking about the Staten Island grandmothers who are... Kicking the migrants out, and boy, you do not want to anger a grandmother from Staten Island. They are on fire, and they should be. I mean, I don't blame them. You've got this migrant shelter that's being set up in a residential area, again, very close to a grammar school, literally a stone's throw away from a grammar school, and school has just started. And they're saying not in our community. And I think the world is watching to see what happens. And is this indeed ground zero? Because if they could be successful and make a point saying, you know what, uh, this isn't what we thought. This isn't, you know, being welcoming to migrants and helping is very different than suddenly saying we're going to have a shelter right in our community, right across from a grammar school. Again, the kids are not vetted. The families are not vetted uh, for any criminal history and the family's history. The kids are not vaccinated, according to authorities. So this is really a dangerous situation on so many levels. Uh, Dr. Peter Milos was saying earlier that there's these new strains of tuberculosis, uh, a whole bunch of other diseases that are coming through because guess what? They're not vetted in the countries they're in. They don't have exactly great health care. And they don't have a very safe journey, sadly, on the way to get here. So uh, it's just common sense to know that this is a very serious health and national security crisis. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 uh, Let's go to Alex, line 7. Alex, your thoughts?
4: Yeah, hi. thanks for taking it. Um, I think they're entitled to be outraged if they're Republicans because, you know, I find it extremely hypocritical you have all these Democrats here in New York were 100 percent fine when the migrants were being sent to Texas and other Republican states. And they said you got to leave the border open and the people in Texas have to live with it because, you know, these people in Mexico are going through dire situations. And they were fine with that. And now that they're coming here to New York, they're flipping out. I mean, yeah, if you believe in an open border and you believe that these migrants should be allowed into the United States, it should be an equal standard for everybody, no matter if you're a Republican, Democrat or whichever state you're in. Um, and you know republicans are opposed to the open border so they're entitled to be upset about this and say hey don't allow them in here but if you were a democrat that wasn't 100 percent fine with it when it was going on in texas you should be fine with it now as well
1: that's a great point you're right because uh they said yeah this is this is great and no problem when it's in texas um and how about also the uh feign outrage when suddenly They showed up, you know, one bus shows up in New York. It's like, are you kidding me? I mean, you can imagine what's going on down there in Texas. And the other thing is also I think about Martha's Vineyard. How about when they showed up in Martha's Vineyard, heavily Democratic area? They lasted about uh, five minutes there, Alex. I mean, definitely hypocritical. Uh, Let's go to Pamela, New Jersey. Real quick, Pam, your thoughts.
5: Tired of everybody thinking that we have to save the world. This lifestyle that we used to have. Was earned by the blood and the death of our veterans. And my father served during World War II. He got malaria. The Navy didn't give a hang. My uncle fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He had PTSD. He came home and used to dive under stuff. You just carried on. You just lived with it. My brother served during Vietnam and his friend was killed. My. My cousin got his guts ripped out from Agent Ari. Hey, Pamela,
1: do me a favor. Stay with us if you could. We got a hard break. Stay with us. We'll take you after the break too, if you could. Thank you so much.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show
1: presents Back to Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a really powerful story coming from Kenosha, Wisconsin, where two Wisconsin deputies are being called heroes after their quick action saved the lives of three people. The deputies were enjoying a day off on August 27th at Lake Michigan when they noticed two juveniles drowning The deputies swam about 60 yards to get the kids, battling waves up to four feet, as well as rip currents that the lake is known for. Now, the kid's mother also ran into the water, risking her own life in an effort to save her children, but could not reach them. Once the deputies reached the children and began to bring them to shore, All four began to go underwater. The deputies broke away for the kids for a moment to regain their strengths before pulling them to shore. And after reaching shore with the juveniles, the deputies then went back into Lake Michigan and were able to pull the mother to land as well. Wow, what a powerful, powerful story. Many people commenting because uh, it was posted on Facebook and people saying, Thank you, thank you for your heroic actions. You have gone above and beyond. And three people are alive today because of your great actions. Now, uh, the department chief there in Kenosha said the deputies represented the highest standard and went above and beyond their call of duty. And the department could not be more proud of them and their heroic actions. Bravo to them and what dramatic rescue efforts they made, uh, also saving three lives that day. And what a great reminder of how important it is to have our men and women in blue. And they were off duty at the time. And how incredible uh, that they came there to the aid and are always on duty 24-7, whether they are working officially or not. Well, we do know that in Massachusetts, members of the National Guard have been called out to help with some of the migrant shelters. Massachusetts has declared a state of emergency. They say they're at a crisis point and they're enduring nothing compared to what New York is enduring, compared to what New York City is enduring. New York City has over a 100,000 migrants right now and people are just really fed up. Tensions are high And many people in these residential areas are saying not in our backyard. They're saying this is not the time right now where we should be dedicating these kind of resources to migrants. When we have a lot of homeless Americans, you see a lot of homeless veterans out on the streets. How come they're not getting these kind of freebies? You would think that homeless veterans especially, they should be getting to the front of the line. They should be taken care of. I think all Americans should be taken care of. That should be our priority. And yet it seems like the world is upside down. If you're a migrant, you don't have to get the vaccination. You don't have to get uh, the criminal background checks, if you will. Uh, you get the free education, the free health care. You're getting the shelters or hotel rooms. And it is creating a lot of tension now because they're putting these shelters in in regular neighborhoods, and we're putting them near schools. And this, to me, is downright dangerous. We've seen these cases, in fact, in the Roosevelt Hotel, which is sort of a clearing center, if you will, or a receiving center, if you will, for the migrants in New York City. There, they have already reported it's about 40 different arrests, mostly for domestic violence. There's also the case of this guy from Venezuela. He is a guy, I think he's in his late 20s. And he's been arrested already six times, two times for assaulting two different police officers, 14 charges, and he's not locked up. There are so many things wrong with this. It's sort of such a sad New York story. The fact that first within 24 hours he committed these crimes, he gets let out, he does them again, he gets let out, he does them again So you got the crazy New York bail reform laws. You got the soft on crime D.A. in New York who's letting him out. You got uh, the migrant issue that's bubbling to a seam here. And this guy just sadly epitomizes all that's wrong with all of this. It is a mess and there is no end in sight. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's one-eight hundred-eight four eight nine two two two. One-eight hundred-eight four 9222 And in Staten Island, New York, the protesters that are saying, listen, this is our neighborhood. We want to protect ourselves. They say enough is enough. And here is what they were chanting last night when the migrant buses were coming on in.
6: Oh, oh, oh. Go back! Go back! you got to hope those children get hurt. you got to hope those children get hurt. It'll be on your head. Get out! Oh, of oh, out oh, of oh. here! Go back!
7: Go back! Go back! Go to, go to Manhattan, let it work!
1: go to the White House where they want you, go back, go to New York City, go to Manhattan, go where they're giving you the free hotel rooms, we don't want you, is what they're chanting. And this is a really dangerous situation because people are resentful. And understandably so. I don't blame the individuals for feeling this way. I blame the political leaders who created this crisis and suddenly put the migrants to the front of the line. Before American citizens and are not even thinking about American kids either when they have migrant kids that are placed into these schools with the American kids. They don't speak the language. They're not vaccinated. There's so many issues here. I mean, this is a crazy situation. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry. Larry, line two, your thoughts about all this, Larry. let's You're go to larry saying, real quick yep go ahead larry
4: yeah, you know what is there you don't accomplish anything by sensationalizing the issue and it, people are confused okay you can't just like sensationalize things because people are wondering why the hell is this happening because well first of all not knowing the law is not an excuse this is a simple issue here they're trying to apply a right to shelter law that does not that does not apply to these people ed Koch. Would, would No way would he, would he uh, pass a law that would house—he would laugh at it. Illegal aliens, what are you, crazy? He was, he was liberal, but he wasn't out of his freaking mind. So the point of the matter is they're trying to dupe everybody. There's no right to shelter law. They're trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes. These people have no right—aliens have no rights in this country. Any law that's passed has to apply only to citizens. This is common sense. Okay, Eric Adams and everybody else—they have an agenda. Now, as far as this shelter—that's twenty. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute,
1: Larry. Hold on a second. What do you think the agenda is? Do you think it's what I was saying that Nicole Maliotakis thinks it's the vote?
4: Uh, it's the vote. Okay. That's, no, that's, I'm asking okay, you. That's... Do
1: you think that's what she thinks? She thinks that once they stay here, if they get allowed yes. to work and they get these work permits, which is what you know the mayor's trying and the governor's trying to get. That she thinks they could fall under the criteria of being legal non citizens, which would allow them to vote in municipal elections, like you know, city yes. council, mayor. Is that what you think?
4: That's not what I think. I look. I think that's certainly part of it, but it's. I think it's overly myopic to think that that's the only that that's the only motive. There's a multiplicity of motives. First of all, even if that was a motive, okay. You have to ask why? Why are none of these migrant shelters in black neighborhoods? They're only in white neighborhoods. They made a they made a phony story. There was one Harlem prison that they put a few a close prison. They put a few people in, and they said they were throwing things at the at the uh, at the passers by, the neighbor the neighbors. And so the what? What's your point?
1: What's your point about where my they're putting is, them?
4: My point is, my my point is, is that that there's a multiplicity of motives. They're trying to drive uh caucasian people out of the city it's part of critical race theory um they tried to substitute you know change the racial component of this country not only that but right near the uh, grammar school they're, tra- it's, they're trying to sexualize our children eric adams does not live with a woman and uh a caller came on curtis he said he didn't have any women growing up okay the guy is a could be a closet gay person wait 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 Larry 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 gender. Larry
1: he's got a girlfriend he was very you know you made it sound like there's no female people as is I mean he has a girlfriend he's got a long-term uh relationship um uh, that he's with and and I don't think I don't think the sexual issue uh even if it were true and I don't it ain't I you know I don't think so uh but regardless Uh, I don't I think you're you're way too analyzing Uh, you're going on a big rabbit hole on this one, I think. But I do think there may be something to what Nicole Malliotakis, the congresswoman, was saying that she believes it's about the vote. Um, And I don't know if it goes into all these other things that you're saying, but it it does defy logic that you would have an open border like Joe Biden does, which is such a, a national security risk. And also um, there has to be some benefit and people right away uh, on the national level. I remember talking to Ken Cuccinelli, who was one of the senior guys there at Homeland Security under Trump. And his response was he thinks that they're trying to bring them in for the vote. He didn't think all the critical race theory or any of the other things. Um, what he did say was that he firmly believes that they're trying to sort of change the dynamics because he wants them to vote Democratic. He thinks that anybody who comes in and comes in illegally and gets here and suddenly gets granted citizenship or work permits, whatever it is, is going to be inclined, and they're going to get free hotel rooms and all this, well, then they're going to vote for the people who gave it to them, the Democrats. So he thinks that that's what that's about. And Nicole Malliotakis actually was kind of repeating the same thing. So that, to me, sadly, makes sense. Because uh, because uh, doing what they're doing doesn't make any sense. And it is downright, uh, you know, you hate to sort of use the word uh, treasonous, but but it's so un-American to have a wide open border. No other country says, hey, come on in, we're not going to check you. We're not going to vet you. There has to be some crazy reason why. Uh, and, and I think it, it could be a little more simple to what I was saying than any of these other things, Lair. But but I always appreciate the call. Let's go back to Pamela in New Jersey. Pamela, you had called before and you were talking about your family in the military service and your great storied history in your family. Thank you. Uh, yes. And, you know, the baby boomers who are constantly
5: bashing our country, look up their past, how they weaseled out of uh Vietnam. They got out because of their celebrity and they got to uh forge a career which uh my uh brother and and cousins and peers did not get to do because they were either sickened by uh agent orange or died. My brother has a friend who died, and there's a street named after him in, in North Jersey. It'll probably end up being a shelter for illegals. Yeah, that does him a lot of good. 50 years in the ground. Over 50 years in the ground.
7: Uh, so,
1: Pamela, I, Pamela I, I is not, your is your point is your point that they sacrificed your family and your friends so much, obviously, which is just really moving. And uh, is that is that that you know they didn't get any of these perks, and now you're seeing other people who certainly didn't well, sacrifice to that degree
5: well i'm tired of apologizing for our lifestyle like oh look rich america uh, people with european backgrounds you you evil people you're living so well you owe everybody everything no i'm sorry i'm sorry i gave to my community i learned from my depression era parents and world war ii vets uh, patriotism and i gave back i don't feel guilty i don't apologize And, you know, I raise chickens. My brother used to raise chickens also. If you have too many chickens in a coop, you know what's gonna happen? They're gonna get disease and die. You can't, and I also save animals. And you wouldn't believe how I, right now I have an ill cat and I'm very upset and I try to rescue the world. I worked in special ed. I won a governor's award for teacher of the year. And I am a saver of the world, and I, I get very upset when I can't save everything. And I remember um, uh, I, uh, I used to work with a psychologist, and he told me, Pam, you can't save the world. You can't save the world. And um, you know what? It's true. Sometimes I have to realize I cannot save the world. We cannot save the world. And we earned our lifestyle here through the blood. My great uncle served in World War I and got mustard gas. And my mother remembers him constantly coughing and hurling up mucus, and it finally killed him. We, we paid our debt, and I will not apologize. I will not apologize, and this nonsense has got to stop.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you, uh, Pamela. There is something that just, that's why I say it's like surreal. Um, and, and I'm a big believer, as obviously you are in your family, in trying to do what we can to help um and and i also make it clear that i don't resent people for wanting to come to america um it is a great country and if you're living in you know venezuela or mexico or or any of these countries i mean now it's everyone's coming across the borders sadly because of what biden has created but you know a lot of these countries are not great countries and and the lifestyle is not great and and the but and so i don't blame i blame us i blame our leadership that we are so stupid or intentionally so destructive um, that they have opened the door. And like you said, um, you know, I don't think, I don't think we owe them anything. I think you try those who have, you know, been vetted or, you know, or if it's done in an organized way and those who have legitimate, you know, asylum claims based on the history of asylum, meaning persecuted and you're in a special class and all this criteria. uh, That's a very tight criteria, And coming for economic reasons, because like you said, we are a successful country and we all worked hard to get here. And your family, boy, certainly did. And it's certainly given back to this country, uh, you know, tenfold. Um, But I agree with you just because they can make more money here uh, doesn't mean they should take our money to do it. it. It just it defies logic. And we are the most generous country in the world. We're the most generous people in the world. But you have to do it smart, and you can't do it at the sacrifice of American citizens. I hear you, Pam. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. And, Pam, thank you for your family service and for expressing your passion. I hear it, and I feel it, too. you got to call back again soon. You're terrific. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
0: The Rita Cosby Show.
1: Coming up in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, find out why Peter Ducey, my friend there at Fox News, was asking Corinne Jean-Pierre, President Biden's press secretary, uh, why is he treated like a little baby? <laughs> so you'll, you're going to love this back and forth. And it is a wild one, plus also some really stunning new details Uh, about that vicious beating that took place of the guy uh, hitting the woman with her own cane, a 60-year-old woman, on the subway platform area. It's just heartbreaking. And when you hear the entire story and the guy gets away, uh, and also the person filming it apparently uh, staying there in the booth, how could that happen? How could you allow that sitting there for like three minutes a vicious beating. Would you be able to stand in the booth? Just film it? I'm glad that they got it on videotape. Uh, but still, there are so many unanswered questions tonight. We're going to talk about that. Speaking of also crime, um, the Customs and Border Protection flagged, get this, nearly 75,000 illegal migrants as potential national security risks over a 10-month period, which ended in August Now, when somebody gets flagged as a special security risk, just so you understand, usually that means they have some very unusual travel patterns uh, and usually could have a potential tie to terrorism. So 75,000 people over a 10-month period. That is just a stunning amount of people to keep track of. Many of them, they have no idea where they are. Uh, we also have, by the way, 1.8 million Godaways that we don't even know if they're connected to terrorism because we have zero idea who they are or names. These apparently we have some connections to these individuals that at least you can somehow try to track them down. Uh, but still, that is a lot of people to keep track of, especially as we are heading into uh, another 9-11 anniversary. Uh, think about how much uh, those hijackers, the deadly damage they caused and why it is so important to protect our security uh let's go real quick to mike in south carolina line five mike your thoughts
4: well Rita, i'll tell you it's um i was laughing you know not in my backyard there's grandmothers
1: in I know. Island. yeah those guys those grannies are great
4: <laughs> yeah it sounded like a loony kazooni neighbor i had uh, when the kids were younger in rockville center Looney Kazuni. but i'll tell you uh shelters you know in places that don't belong And look at look at Eric Adams. He called himself the black Joe Biden. You should be ashamed of yourself.
1: Well, you know, listen, I'm glad at least he's speaking out to Joe Biden. At least he's saying we got to do something on the border. Some of them are saying nothing.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show. Boy, oh boy, do you equate President Biden with the words senile and aged and out of touch? That is what is coming out of a new survey where basically almost two thirds of Democrats are saying he is too old to run again, that he should not be running for a second term and that is troubling when democrats are saying that when independents are saying that and many of these new books that are coming out are also questioning president biden's mental competency so today at the white house press briefing take a listen to this interesting exchange with corinne john pierre being questioned by peter ducey of fox news talking about President Biden and if he is too old. It's a question many of us are asking.
4: Why do you think it is that in a Wall Street Journal poll, two-thirds of Democrats think President Biden is too old to run again?
7: Look, here's what I know. Here's what I can speak to. I can speak to that a president who has wisdom. I can speak to a president who has experience. I can speak to a president who has done Uh, historic, has taken historic action and has delivered in historic pieces of legislation. And that's important. When the last guy who was in this, uh, in the Oval Office, uh, talked about infrastructure, uh, week, it was a joke. And the president passed a pretty important piece of legislation in a bipartisan way because of his wisdom, because of his experience. And now we have, uh, infrastructure decade. Right. He is just the
1: big energizer bunny. And here's a little bit more, because there's this new book that says that President Biden, when he was corrected by his staff, said, you know, don't treat me like a baby. Uh, don't do that. Uh, I don't need to be treated like a kid, even though they were trying to correct him and go, Ah, Mr. President, uh, you just uh, basically said uh, you're in the wrong continent. You know, we're just trying to help you out oh no 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 don't baby me don't treat me do you think ever that jfk uh was talked about this way that he was treated this way i deserve to be respected so here's the question from peter Doocy and corinne Jean pierre listen to this one today in the briefing
4: president biden is the oldest president in u.s history why does White House staff treat him like a baby?
7: No one treats the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, uh, like a baby. So there's this book that says That's ridiculous. when staff That's ridiculous walked back
4: what sounded like a call for regime change in Russia, the President, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever babied like that?
7: So look, uh, I'll say this. Um there's going to be a range, always a range of books uh, that are uh, about every administration, as you know, uh, that's going to have a variety of claims. That is not unusual. That happens all the time. And we're not going to litigate those here. That's something that we're not going to uh, speak to. We're not going to speak
1: to. He is wise and brilliant. Uh, so, I mean, come on, what a crazy crazy situation so is he mentally fit and is he not making the wisest decisions i i think a lot of this is policy issues as we're talking about border i mean it is just downright derelict and downright crazy that we are dealing right now we just heard from pamela talking about her storied history her family's history in the military doing all this stuff and now seeing you know well they didn't get ex health care they didn't get ex freebie and now those folks are being put to sort of the back of the line as we're spending so much money on the migrants in New York and elsewhere. And there's so many questions about judgment and where things are going. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's one 800 By the way, uh, John Katsimatidis and I were at a great event tonight at the U.N. Uh, for a movie called Mother Teresa and Me. Uh, by the Zariah Foundation, and Mira Servino was there, my buddy Ray Arroyo were there. Uh, It was just an amazing, amazing night. And afterwards, we got to try the best Peking duck in New York, and I got to give a shout-out to my new best friend, uh, Alex Lowe. He is the manager and one of the owners of Peking Duck House. He is a diehard listener of the Rita Cosby Show, and Alex, you are the greatest guy and we had the best Peking duck ever on East 53rd Street there in New York. Um, we also had shrimp and lobster sauce and a whole bunch of other sauce stuff. It was just so great. The food was delicious. The company was great. And of course, the staff and you, Alex, are fantastic. We love you, Alex. I can't wait to see you again. And I'm so glad. Uh, that you listened to the Rita Cosby show. And it was just so awesome meeting you and your food was terrific. I encourage everybody to go there and make sure you ask for Alex because he is just the nicest, greatest guy. And we're so glad that you're always tuning into the show. I love people listening from all over the country. It makes us so happy. Your thoughts, everybody on where things are going with the election and how much worse can it get in this country, especially with that wide open border. And does Biden seem to have any control? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Judith on line six. Judith, your thoughts. Hi,
8: Rita. This is like a circus. First of all, I want to tell you something. I didn't tell the screen, but I'm going to tell you. In 2015, this is Biden. He was saying that he wants exactly what's going on. So it's his. this is what he wants.
1: This is exactly what he wants. He's in terms looking, of what? In he's, terms he's, of the open border? In fact- terms of what?
8: Yes, yes, yes. He said it himself. On two fifteen, you find the video. He's there, and he says he wants a continuous stream, a continuous stream of these people coming in through the border, okay, so that it's going to be more like brown people versus he's going to be the minority he's completely not normal by but the way by the something. way
1: Judith I remember when he made some reference to that um it was a bizarre statement at the time I remember when he said it It was like well did he just say what where they, yes. that he wanted to change yes. I think the dynamics yes. of the country you're right. right I remember that that's right in 2015 so this is him this is what
8: he wants to do he, he is, he's not looking to do anything other than that and You know, I want to tell you something.
1: First of all, I think he's trying to get votes, Judith. I think he's also trying to get votes, don't you? Come on. I mean, I I mean, I think one day he's going to say, guess what? Everybody who's here, uh, maybe we'll secure the border a little more. But now uh, they're here and they're legal. Rita,
8: listen, you know what? I think he's trying to save his skin. Listen, send them back to their country of origin, please. Okay, come back legally and vetted, please. Let me tell you something. I want all these illegals, and I call them illegals. I'm not calling them migrants. They are illegal, okay? I want all these illegals, 6 million of them, to wear masks, not us American citizens. They have to wear the mask because, according to Pamela, do you hear what she said? That you, you, you get diseases, they're not vetted, whatever. And guess what? Did you hear these illegals? The children are being registered first in schools, not American kids? And no. by the way, Rita? No, I did not. Where audience, are you hearing oh, yeah. that? Wow. I heard I heard that from one of the news people on your station, and they were saying that the illegal children are being registered first in schools, not the American kids. It's outrageous. But I'll tell you something else. Rita, listen to me. You you remember Dr. Jill Biden? She's a doctor, right? She got COVID again. Well, maybe if she didn't kiss every Tom, Dick and Harry on the lips like Mr. Kamala Harris. She wouldn't get COVID all the time. What do you think? I don't uh,
1: think by, by the way that was a weird. It was a little bit of an odd kiss. I remember that with yeah. the yeah. Uh, with yeah. the, the second uh, yeah. husband, right? It was a little uh, bizarre. But right. by, by the well, way, no, well, by the way, the, the mask thing, Judith, is an interesting point because the double standards, um, and we do know, to your point about kids in school, that the New York Attorney General is actually stepped it up and said, if you don't accept these migrant kids, any schools that aren't putting them at least on equal turf, uh, whether it's priority or equal turf, um, if you don't and you turn them away for whatever reason, because they have a temporary location, uh, you could face lawsuits. I mean, they are they are like bending over backwards. Uh, it is really an astounding sort of double standard on so many levels judith and and it and it's breeding this resentment they're creating this resentment because they're saying hey uh if you're over here we're going to give you freebies but if you've worked hard and done things the right way well then you know uh, fend for yourself i mean that that somehow does it seems un-american and it just seems completely imbalanced your thoughts judith on that
8: I agree with you, but I want to tell you something. They are trying to replay all the COVID restrictions all over again. I'm sensing it. But the fact that Joe I don't believe she has COVID. I think this is just a ploy. They want to slowly get us back into this thing. They want to try to do a replay of all these COVID restrictions. You know, it's interesting. So he, so he so can do a basement cold.
1: strategy, Judith. That's the plan, yeah, right? A basement well, campaign he's, again. He's, he's fixing his
8: Delaware house because he's going to be campaigning from his house. Who knows? These liberals, they call Trump a racist, okay? And all of a sudden, now that these illegals are at their backyard, now they're screaming and now they're the racists. The whole thing is just retarded.
1: It is. is, Well, it is. It's crazy. I'll give you that much. Uh, Judith, thank you very, very much. Uh, Let's go to Pete. Uh, I understand Pete just got back from the rally. Uh, Pete from Staten Island. What was that like, Pete? Oh, there was at
9: least a thousand people. Wow. Wow. I want to, I want to thank Curtis. Curtis is really as hard as really in it. I mean, he doesn't even live in Staten Island, you know, and he's there for the people.
1: Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely, he, he has been front row and center. You're talking about Curtis leeway absolutely. Yes, now tell us, tell us what player. what was that like out there? Because I agree, he's been doing a great job. It was wild.
9: Had to really uh, walk into it. You really couldn't get in the, close by car, so I was smart. I took my car to a certain point and took a bus in, and then I walked, like, about six blocks.
1: And what were they saying, in. Pete? Uh, Phyllis and—now, oh, did, did, did any of the buses try to come through again tonight or not?
9: No. No, they didn't. They they, they got the message. They are not welcome because they can't—they got to come in and it because the diseases and stuff that are coming into this. Thursday, I dread. I think Thursday's going to be the turning point where people are going to really realize— that uh, this is danger. And this thing about them being registered in school before uh, citizens and kids that live here. I mean, this is
1: preposterous. Now, with, and, what's uh, happening students. on Thursday, Pete? You just said Thursday. What's going on Thursday? Well, school, school's opening. Well, right. the teachers are back in because uh, my niece is a
9: teacher. and uh, you So know, now the
1: school is going, there. that grammar school across the street is going to open on Thursday, right? Yes. Yes. So, and, and all, how many migrants um, are there now in Staten Island, Pete, at the in your location there? Well, they're all
9: over. I mean, they're on Victory Boulevard, where Bailey Sheaton Hospital was, where Curtis's uh, father was over at Snug Harbor. They're all around there, where his father was over there with the Merchant Marines, and I could see it's very personal for him, and I thank him for all he's doing.
1: What, did, but and Pete, so Pete, um, let me just ask you. Do you think are things just getting, uh, wow, a thousand um, are there? Do you kind of see it as as Curtis and Scott um, and you, I assume, do you believe it's sort of like a ground zero that the world's watching to see what happens in Staten Island?
9: Yes, it is. It's ground zero, the same as uh, 9-11, ground zero. We have to set a precedence. We have to show that this is not the right thing to happen. It's gotta come in the right way. You gotta have medical records, you know, have done things done on you. Can't do this because this is gonna to spread to the children. The children will deal with it, they're healthy, but it's gonna to go to the parents and the grandparents. And that's what my fear is, the people, the grandmothers and the grandfathers are out there, they suffered the most with this cold virus. And, uh, everybody has been devastated yeah they are so, fed uh, up
1: they are fed Pete, you are terrific pete you gotta you gotta keep us posted please keep calling in and giving us sort of the uh the you know report from the front lines because it's important to hear what you guys are doing and bravo to you and curtis and scott Lebedo uh and all you folks out there uh it's important uh and and listen keep it peaceful um uh but obviously let your voices be heard thank you so much pete we love you Uh, Let's go to Tony, uh, real quick, line six. Tony, your thoughts.
4: Uh, Yeah, you know, I believe that Joe Biden uh, probably between March or May of next year will declare a state of emergency and then grant amnesty to all these illegal aliens. And that's going to fortify their vote. And I just think it's... Completely and totally outside of the office of president.
1: Yeah, I can see uh, him trying to do something, Tony. I have I have uh, no doubt um, in my mind that I think he's working towards something, even if it's like trying to make some deal with Congress that will block the borders from here on out. Uh, but we can't kick the ones that are here. And at that point, there'll be probably 10 million at least. Um, they believe there may be as many as nine or 10 million already. In the last, you know, 30 months under Biden. So uh, I could see him trying to cut to say, hey, let's do some deal. I'll now close the border. I really mean it this time. And we got to make all of them legal. And we're going to put them in swing states. What a surprise, surprise. Uh, there's something that's definitely in the works, Tony. It's just it's inconceivable that an American president would make America so vulnerable. It, it's just it's It's shameful. And it gets me so uh, frustrated for our future because we're going to feel this for generations to come. Uh, there are so many people who worked hard to come to this country legally. Um, and again, I don't necessarily I don't blame the migrants. I blame our political leaders who've allowed this to happen. one 800 And we will continue your calls after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: And the protests are heating up. You just heard from Pete in Staten Island that on Thursday the school starts and that grammar school that's 20 feet away from the Staten Island migrant shelter. Well, that could be a mess. Here are some people protesting at one of the events there in Staten Island. And the bus backed up. And joining us now is my friend John Tobacco, one of the organizers there of the protest. also a great TV host. Uh, John, how are you doing? And you were out there. I know you've been emceeing all these events. You've been a huge part of it all. Uh, fill us in on the latest protest.
6: Well, I don't know how you got your hands on it, but that's why you're ravishing Rita. But that, on that audio cut you just played, the guy screaming bye bye it was me. <laughs> I had a feeling.
1: I had a so I said I gotta say hello as opposed to bye bye uh, to, to John uh, Tobacco. <laughs> uh, uh,
6: uh, uh, but yeah, that was me and um, you know, Rita, the people in the community and not just the community, Staten Island, and tonight we had folks out there from Queens who've seen me and some of my friends out at at the Queens facilities, and we had people out there from Brooklyn, from Nashville County who are very scared that they're next. And, um, you know, one of my great helpers, we got a lot of great volunteers down there, Mike, Big Mike, and he towers over the crowd. And uh, he literally did a head count, came up with 1,200 people. Wow. You know, after a long weekend preparing for school and moms got to get their kids ready to have over 1,000 people out in the street for a peaceful protest, tells me that at least in Staten Island, you know, American patriotism is still well alive. And when, you know, that bus driver comes up the block at 1130 last night, the last thing he's expecting is 40 people still standing there um, saying, go back, go away. And, you know, there was some other, uh, I lauded the, the grannies of of, of the crew um, tonight at, at the rally, and everyone gave them, everyone was standing, but it was an elongated standing ovation for the grannies because last night they saw humbly, and so um, proactively got on their bullhorns and told a van with about nine migrants in it, go back to the Roosevelt Hotel. You had a hotel room there. There are 300 cots in one room inside. You don't want to be there. We're protesting here every day. The city's lying to you. Go back to the Roosevelt Hotel. Did they turn around, John? Room. And the van, the the nine people that were in that van I asked the driver to take them back, and they didn't get out. And these ladies, Rita, they weren't threatening them. We're going to beat you up. They didn't have their canes and their nightsticks. Um, they had their voices, and they were speaking to them compassionately. Hey, being
0: lied to,
1: John. I, we have a heartbreak. Will you stay with us for just a little bit? We got a little break, if you don't mind.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. show presents support
1: our heroes and in tonight's support our heroes segment which i love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby show a really powerful story coming from Orlando Florida where retired sergeant first class juan santiago a florida veteran hall of fame inductee recently received a us army recruiting excellence medallion And it was given to him for all the work he has been doing, helping to get young people excited about the military and to learn about giving back. The veteran served in the U.S. Army for nearly 23 years, including five consecutive tours in Vietnam, and has been volunteering since 2004. He listed in the Army in his native Puerto Rico, and at the time he couldn't even speak English. He could read and write it. He said, we are very patriotic on the island. And then he said after leaving the Army, he wanted to give back and to continue people to understand the sacrifice of our military. So he has helped with recruiting in high schools throughout his county there in Florida. He said over the years, uh, his wife said that Juan has gone to almost every high school in Brevard County and has talked to students there. He's also involved in judging competitions, attending junior ROTC graduations, and also helps recruiters make presentations. He wants people to know how great this country is and how important it is to defend our freedoms. What a great, great story, and so important. Such a reminder of our great veterans. And, of course, to all of our Vietnam veterans who listen to this show, we love you all. We appreciate you and welcome home. And we are talking about the protests going on in Staten Island, New York, being deemed ground zero. Uh, we have with us one of the great organizers who just called into the show, who we love, my friend, uh, and also the great MC for all of the different ones that are taking place out there. John Tobacco was talking about 1,200 people out there recently and uh john thank you for sticking with us uh before i let you go you were talking about the grannies out there and we were hearing them and we heard you say bye bye the bus turned around uh it looks like it went to the roosevelt hotel um so now how many people are in that shelter there that migrant shelter that's like smack in a residential area and 20 feet away from that school that's about to open in a matter of days
6: so um Right now, the the count is fluid, Rita, because of the resistance, because of the constant community presence there. It's not a comfortable living situation. Um, people are playing music. People have megaphones. Um, people are chanting, shouting. Um, and I don't think the migrants really want to be there. I, You know, Rita, I spent... A good portion of the weekend hanging around outside the Roosevelt Hotel, and I speak some Spanish, and so I've been speaking to some of the migrants who will talk to me um and they've been fooled. I mean, I've really talked to guys who said they came over the border, they got paid work, they got on an air conditioned coach bus to New York City, they got a hotel room, they thought they were like being welcomed here with with open arms, and then they get to Staten Island and they see police everywhere and drones flying overhead and, you know, these angry grandmas screaming in in megaphones. And they're like, where are we? Like they're confused that it's not them. They're not the problem. And everyone in Staten Island is just saying to the mayor, this spot is all wrong. We recognize we ought to take care of people, but this location, an old school next to two schools, housing almost 2000 kids. Um, In a residential neighborhood with a constant police presence needed Um, somewhere in the universe, Rita, Eric Adams has to have some humility and some mercy and say, hey, this one we screwed up on. Yeah, you're right.
1: I made a mistake, you know, exactly. And he's in
6: such bad shape as a mayor. If you ask me, you know, his left hates him he relied on moderate democrats to get elected he barely won the rank choice only 5% of new yorkers actually voted in the primary so he's hanging on by a thread and
1: and, and, and you know and john you know too the white house too is now angry at him because uh to his credit he is speaking out at least a little bit about it and they don't like it i mean i mean they don't want any democrat to speak out against them uh, and I wish more Democrats were, and I wish they'd start calling him out, calling the president out by name. Um, and like you said, they should say, we made a mistake. Uh, right to shelter doesn't mean this. Um, you know, we shouldn't have been sanctuary city and having a big neon sign and telegraphing everybody to come in. And President Biden, you got to close the border. I'm glad there's talking about sort of stemming the flow. Uh, But you're right. It's sort of uh, coming at him in every direction. And at least he should say, I made a mistake. I mean, what do you expect when you say, hey, come on in, everybody? And he campaigned on welcoming everybody. And then they came. You can't say, you know, uh, you know, it's right there. He said, come on in. And now uh, why are they here? You know, I mean, you can't have it both ways.
6: Yeah. If you ask me, Rita, um, the Biden administration certainly is not happy with him. And nor is Kathy Hochul, our governor. So, you know, the two people above him, uh, if you ask me have pulled the rug out from under him, and I think, knowing Staten Island, New York, and knowing New Yorkers being here my whole life, I think if he ever had a chance to have a moment for himself would be if he stepped off his pedestal and said, you know what, guys? I mean, we made a mistake here. We're not giving up on getting people shelter, but this isn't the right spot. I think if he actually admitted to a mistake, the moderate Democrats would say, wow, okay, he is a person. And, you know, he didn't win Staten Island. Curtis Slewa did. Um, And a lot of people out there are saying, you know, Curtis should be mayor. Um, But at the same time, if he wants to make some new friends, um, he's got a great opportunity in Staten Island right now to admit his mistake, back off his troops, and then, you know, find the next location. If it's not acceptable, I'm sure Staten Islanders will fight back again. But once in a while, I think the mayor's got to eat some leather, take a couple of lumps, and admit he made a mistake because I know the tone and the tenor of all those people down there, and they are not going away. So we may be in a standoff for a while, but. We got the granny brigade, and they ain't leaving.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't want to you don't want to anger a Staten Island grandmother, uh, and also no the great forces like you and and everybody else out there. Uh, John <laughs> Tobacco, you are great, um, and I appreciate you caring so much about community and kids. Um, and a lot of people are watching so closely around the country. Uh, our show is heard around the country, John, and so many people are watching what's going on um to Staten Island and seeing it as sort of the uh the uh the stand, you know, the the marking that the world is watching to see the success. So uh bravo to all your efforts, John, and you keep us posted. You call in any time, my friend.
9: Rita,
6: you are the best. Thank you for telling our story and um we're well aware in Staten Island that the eyes of the world are on us and we want to show them that all the stereotypes they think are all wrong, and we're good people. And I think Staten Islanders are doing a great job of that. Thank you so much, Rita.
1: Thank you, John. Absolutely. And I agree with you. Uh, Great people, not just good people, great people out there, hardworking and very deeply patriotic who care about kids, care about their communities, um, and that's why they're out there uh, to make sure it is safe for everybody, not just their neighborhood, but to send a message to everybody. We appreciate it. John, thank you so much. you got to call back in again anytime what a great great surprise love hearing from John Tobacco one of the organizers out there in Staten Island uh let's go to Robert line 3 Robert your thoughts about all this wow what a night
3: i know what a night oh my god i agree with um, Miliotakis i agree with Pam and by the way Pam has the guts to say what thousands and thousands of people want to say but they're afraid to say it what this, this whole thing smells like here is the clouded and Piven strategy. They're overwhelming the system. The whole thing of build back better is to overwhelm the system and then try to build it back. There was nothing wrong with what, what was going on before. Nothing. Nothing was wrong with it. But if they just keep doing what they're doing now, what they're going to do is have a, an army of illegal aliens who have cell phones – who they will one day they will say, "Well okay, you can all vote, and they're looking for an a, a, a place where they will not be able to be voted out of office because they will have a lot of people, a group of people like a union, a union of people. I tell a lot of people, look, you think that your vote doesn't count? The people that are telling you your vote doesn't count is the people that don't want you to vote, but the people that are in the unions that if you don't vote, those unions are voting. And guess who they're voting for? They're voting for the Democrat and for the progressives.
1: That's it. Yeah, and you know they what? That power, And by the way, power. that is that is exactly what Nicole Malliotakis is talking about, too, that this is all sort of this part of this grand master plan uh, to be able to influence. And because it is such an enormous amount of numbers, we're talking, as I mentioned, Robert, potentially 10 million have come into this country uh I mean you yeah that that is a, that changes any election I mean in some elections it's you know it's a even in the presidential election, we're talking you know uh tens of thousands uh but not that's not that many if you spread it across a whole bunch of different states i uh, i mean uh, that boy is that is that really scary to think about um and and I can't almost think of any other reason why they would do it other than that i mean honestly it, it's it and that is really sad. That you would sacrifice national security uh, to add uh, beef up the voting rolls. I'm talking politicians on the Democratic side, which is what Malia talk is, and a lot of people believe. Wow, oh wow! Uh, let's go to Tony, line five. Tony, your thoughts.
10: What a great night! I just so agree with everyone. But what I have getting, what I've been getting in my head tonight, and I always get something when I listen to you and your and your and your show. Thank you, Tony. Is it, it is. All about the vote because there's been a move with the Democratic Party. When Georgia went when Georgia went blue, uh, Georgia was always in Stacey Abrams has been pushing for this. You know she's been moving it internally, and now this party is going to be moving externally through our borders. This move to be it's almost like a one party system is what they're looking for. I don't want to make it a color thing. And this administration is going to push it forward, Rita, unless people like our Staten Islanders and our Long Islanders, people who are not city people, come forward and say, we are not going to take it. They are trying to push this country into a one-party system run by the Democrats. And that will be an awful day.
1: Yeah, it is. That is a scary premise. Absolutely. Uh, Tony, and, and that is so un-American to sort of rig the vote, if you will. And I'm talking about by adding extra individuals, uh, just do the math. And many of them, of course, overwhelmingly are going to say, well, I'm going to vote Democratic because, uh, they brought me in here. They gave me the free cell phone. They gave me the four-star hotel. Um, it's logical that they would appreciate that because they're going to say, wow, look what they did for me and maybe for my relatives too. Um, what a what a sad, crazy world we're living in. If indeed uh, that is the reason, and and it seems like it is, because I can't think of any other reason. Sadly, I wish I could, guys, uh, but I can't at this point. Let's go to Eddie real quick, uh, line seven. Eddie, do you agree with me and Tony? Go ahead.
3: I agree with so many callers you had tonight, Rita. You know, it's about redistricting. I have a new name for Joe Biden. I call him uh, President El Diablo. The evil one, and they're they're taking our country over. They are. We have to know what to do. Curtis is an activist. um You have a great show with John. I will call my friend John. That's what td's on, and you have many, many, many smart people from George Governor George Pataki, Al D'Amato, everyone. Calls in the the past mayors. What do you think? I mean, sometimes you might go out to dinner after that, and. Uh, you, put your heads together. What what do you think our listeners can do? We know everything that's going on from the excellent coverage that you give, but what can we do cuz they come out to Pilgrim State. I'm going to be there with Curtis. I met him in the city at the Columbus Day parade. He he is a really good man.
1: Well, and by the way Eddie, I think you hit it on the head um by getting involved, you know, with good people just as you just said. Um I mean, I think um you're seeing all the different um uh, protests that Curtis is organizing. And I think getting out there peacefully protesting and having your voices heard. Look at Staten Island—is a great example. Um, and you just heard sort of from the front lines tonight, Ed, too, from, you know, uh, what we... And by the way, thank you for very much for the, the sweet words about the coverage, too, Ed. It's so kind of you. But we just speak from the heart. And it's common sense. I mean, it defies logic to allow all these people here, unvetted, unchecked. Uh, there are just so many huge... National and domestic um and international issues uh, that go with this in terms of security. It just defies logic. What country in the world would say, "Hey, come on in uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Israel, for example, has this group. It's a group of Eritreans that have now been kind of protesting in the streets. and Netanyahu's threatening to throw out all eighteen thousand of them because he's saying this is that you come here as as a as a, as a you know luxury. To come to our country and you are expected to follow the rule of law and you could make the case that here just by coming across the border illegally, they've broken the rule of law. I, again, I don't blame them, but our elected officials need to see power in numbers. And so to answer your question, I think as many people that can get out there and peacefully speak out and speak their voice um, and and let people know that they don't want this in their communities, just like the grannies in Staten Island. And why it is just not a smart security issue. I think the more people of all different political stripes that come out there and political persuasions, it's really important to speak out. And, and I think, um again, doing it appropriately, tastefully, but vocally, I think is an important thing to do. It's an American right, and it's also an American right to protect your country, too. And that's why I, I think the folks that are doing it out there are very patriotic. They care. Um, and it's important to speak out. Ed, thank you so much. We're going to continue your calls after the break, everybody. And also a brief update uh, we'll also have on this terrible beating at the subway station. That and more after the break.
0: The Rita Cosby Show.
1: By the way, uh, people are on the lookout for this horrible case of this guy who had a long rap sheet, a deranged man. And everybody's talking about the viral video, which is just horrible, of this ex-convict who beat a 60-year-old woman with her own cane on a subway station in Harlem. It is just absolutely atrocious. And uh, here's a little bit. It's just it's hard to listen to.
7: My goodness.
1: Okay. Wow. Oh, my goodness. It is so hard to hear. And we know that the transit worker was filming it, uh, called 911. It's a female transit worker. I wish she certainly could have done more. We're going to take calls on that tomorrow. Also, what do you make of the fact that this guy was questioned? By the police and that apparently they thought they got conflicting stories. The guy was let go and now he's on the loose. Uh, He gave a wrong name to police. For some reason, they were afraid to basically lock him up or they wanted to check out his version of the event. Uh, You would assume they saw the videotape that we all saw. There are so many unanswered questions tonight, how this could happen, how the perp could get away with it. Apparently, as a criminal record, he's clearly a deranged man. They seem to think they'll be able to track him down. They have his name now. His name is 45-year-old Norton Blake. Uh, but the woman who was beaten to death uh, is in the hospital, uh, basic, close to beaten to death, I should say. Thank goodness she's alive. But she's like, why is this guy out? Were the police afraid? To go after him because they were afraid they're going to get hauled into an internal affairs? I I mean, what kind of a world are we living in? Boy, there are so many questions tonight. And we're going to take your calls on that tomorrow because that is deeply, deeply disturbing. Meantime, we're also talking about all the cases of crime uh, at the Roosevelt Hotel, where a lot of the migrants who left from the site in Staten Island at that hotel, they've had 40-plus arrests Since they became sort of a receiving center, if you will, for the migrants, 40 plus arrests, many of them domestic violence calls at that hotel, which has been full of migrants. And there is this guy again, the kind of poster child, if you will, the guy from Venezuela who was arrested six times with 14 uh, different crimes, including assaulting two different police officers. And he's out. I mean, I don't even know. I, I, the whole New York justice system is just completely run amok, and the whole migrant system is completely out of control. 1 800 848 9222. 1 848 9222. Billy, uh, real quick on line seven, uh, you have a comment about uh, this case of this horrible beating that happened. Go ahead
4: yeah i swear I swear i um hello thank you uh lady um I would have been like spider man I would have just jumped in and kicked this guy right away. Why can't other people do such things? Why can't we do such are they so fearful for so, excuse me for themselves,
1: fearful of the law fearful of the of justice that might be uh, hounded down upon them? Yeah, you know, what, you, you know what? You bring up a lot of great points, Billy. It, it's, it is shocking. Nobody intervened. And it looks like it's about three minutes plus of it now on video. And the woman's filming it. You would think she's got to do something to stop it. She's trying to call police. But, it, boy, we're going to take your calls on this tomorrow night, guys.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.